On your mark, get set, go! These two hosts are battling it out with banter, wit, and fun facts to double their chance at winning. Today, we're talking about Double Dare. Welcome to episode, uh, I don't know, uh, to be inserted in the edit of 90 Schmaltz, where two 90s guys do a belly flop on the shows we grew up watching, from after-school specials, TGIF, and Saturday morning cartoons. We talk about nostalgia, bad acting, and why these shows were radical. Naughty pop. We're on episode 15. Just redo the read. <laughs> no, well, um, congratulations to Jeff for, ta- for ki- taking notes and having uh, documentation <laughs> of what it is we've been doing here. On this podcast, we take our media topics, briefly cover production, cast, and filming, then we watch and talk about the top-rated and bottom-rated episodes of the series. Then, maybe, we share some additional fun facts and uh, talk about related merchandise and toys before we rate the series out of 15. All right. (laughs) You visit us at our website, which uh, I really want to do something with. We have to update, especially now that I updated the art. Yeah. Uh, website 90schmaltz.cool. That's 90schmaltz dot c-o-o-l. Uh, you can email us at 90schmaltz at gmail.com and give us a rating if you enjoy what you listen to because I know some people are listening to us. Yeah, hopefully uh, all the those Indian people on the Indian subcontinent download our show. Yeah, there's like... We'd love to hear from 70 you. something. I'd love to know what's point. going on with that. If that's just, maybe just a VPN something or what, but I don't know. Or maybe they are yeah. this particular. I mean, it doesn't take very many people to get you 70 episodes downloads. So. No, it doesn't. It could just be, and it, it could we, just be one we, person telling two friends and then there you go. We do upload to that uh, Indian podcast website. So it's probably like some, Oh, automated. do we No, Neat. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Maybe that's most of our views as uh, an automated feed somewhere <laughs> well let's not think about that uh let's talk about double dare well i oh well, let's let's banter first yeah i'll tell you i had an unpleasant surprise two days ago i found a tick on my tummy i don't know where it came okay. from it was very unpleasant you like just found it it was just hit you it in just, the middle of the just, night i it guess it just bit me on the tummy at some point yeah maybe it was from lacy it had not been on there long she has anti-tick medicine so if they bite her, oh. they'll die. So it's, I right. think it's kind of unusual for a tick to be on a dog and then want to go on a human because we're a bad place for them to live. We uh, are. We don't have that hair. So it's like it's like leaving your apartment to go live on an open field somewhere. So I don't know why they'd leave. Although, I mean, her blood is poison for them. Uh, so I don't know. But You it, guys take like a long walk or something? We went through the woods, but I didn't see any like long grass or anything. But it was warm the last two days. Uh, we had that yeah, okay. weird warm snap, so maybe they, maybe they were very active. I don't know. Beats me, but it sucks. I don't want to do it again. I want to hear about when you went to see Paw Patrol. <laughs> okay, yeah, I took the niece and nephew to see Paw Patrol, as you may notice uh, a smokiness to my voice uh, this week, and that's because I took my niece and nephew to see Paw Patrol live, and then immediately got sick <laughs> because I'm. It's like uh, flipping a coin as to whether I get seriously ill every time I see these kids. Well, and you took them uh, to a because... children's show where there were even more children. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Yeah, we went, we went into a sealed arena on the coldest day of the year so far. 
my niece and nephew came over and they spent the night for the first time. This is their first time spending the night somewhere that's not their parents or their grandparents, which is fun. Yeah, Paw Patrol Live. It could have been worse. I don't think Paw Patrol is particularly exciting as far as kids should go. It's insipid and boring. It's no Peppa Pig. It's no Bluey. Bluey, there you go. That was a story. This was like their, I guess they have like three different live Paw Patrol shows running at a time. Then this is their newest one, and they had not worked out a lot of the bugs yet. Oh. Uh, there was like, they're supposed to put a chariot back on top of an ice cream cone, and the, it just wouldn't go onto the prop. And so someone just took it and hit it behind their back, and then continued the rest of the scene as if it had been fixed. But you know, that's the fun of live theater. And I appreciate it. It's unlike most shows I go see. It was at 10 a.m. on a Saturday, so I did. I did that thing, and I was done by noon, and I was like, man, I've done a whole day's worth of stuff already. <laughs> I, I've, I've been a good uncle. I've done all this, so now I can just sit down and play video games for the rest of the that's day. One, that's one heck of a matinee right there. Although I saw, uh, man, I saw the coolest thing. It was at George Mason University, and they have delivery robots for food. So there's just these like six-wheeled, like a white igloo cooler uh, with a big antenna on it that are just driving down the sidewalks. Wait, you would see multiple at a time? Deliver food. I saw I saw like three get into a little traffic jam. So neat. What are you even up to, Jeff? I've been boring lately. Getting ready for that last class that I just started. Literally the last class. Oh, no. You started it? Uh, today, it opens. Tomorrow is the first day. Well, good luck. Thanks. And then you're uh, done after this. I'm done. I technically graduated. And I'll Great. get a diploma once I finally pay them. Uh, and then the dog, the little monster, almost six months. I hear all about that every time we hang out. I know, because she's just a lot of work at the moment. She'll be an adult one day, and then I won't have to think about her as much. And I got, I'm got i going to California in, in uh, next week? Yeah, next week. Yeah, it's coming up. Next Wednesday. So what? what is Double Dare? Double Dare, yeah. What an exciting episode. Our very first game show. I wanted to look up the history of what double dare double daring means. Not to be confused with the 1970s double dare, where two people sit in a box and uh, have to answer and figure out like whatever this thing is with one sentence or something like that. I don't know. It didn't seem that exciting. I didn't really look it up. Game shows are tough to talk about. We so this is our first game show episode, and we were worried that there wouldn't be a lot to talk about. But double dare has tons, almost too much. But if we do game shows again, we might do two in an episode. It'll depend yeah. on what there is to talk about. But there's a lot of game shows where there's just nothing really to, to talk about. They show up, they answer questions. It's a very safe format. It's very boring. But not this one. Well, sometimes it is. Want to tell me about Double Dare? Double Dare. What is it? The long-running game show uh, where two teams compete to win cash and prizes by answering trivia questions and competing in messy physical challenges. The show ran through multiple iterations over seven years, about seven years, from 1986 to 2000. Um, Double Dare, Super Sloppy Double Dare, Family Double Dare, and Double Dare 2000. And that kind of fits into our our decade there, right? Um, Because they did do a modern reboot, but that's not going to be included. 2000 is a disconnected reboot as well. It is a disconnected reboot. It's a little different, but we yeah. can, I mean, and we'll briefly talk about it. But the show originally appeared on Nickelodeon on October 6th, 1986, with the original series running from October 86 until February 1993. And the original series was hosted by Mark Summers 
with John Harvey as the announcer, um, and then Doc Holliday coming in replacing Harvey for the last season of Family Double Dare. And that that modern reboot is hosted by YouTube and Vine star Lisa Kashi. Ran from 2018 to 2019, and that is the last time we're going to talk about it. Some, there's a drama show called The Third Eye from 1983 that I'm interested to find out about. But uh, 1986, other than You Can't Do That on Television, which was not a Nickelodeon original, but did a lot to create the network, Double Dare is pretty much their first real original hit. Such a cool show, too. It inspired a ton of knockoffs and follow-up game shows. The, the children's game show format was, I think, probably kind of set in stone by this. Oh, you see it in... Everybody does it this way. Foam or whatever it is. Even Finders Keepers, Funhouse, uh, Masters of the Maze. I mean, even when it's referenced in modern television and they have like the families on things, it's a double dare format. Yeah. Uh, their entire point of this was to make a cheap game show. Their target and what they apparently achieved was a $10,000 per episode cost outside of the producer's salaries. I mean, even in 1986, 1988, that's impressive. I should say there's a really good AV Club article from 2016, which is the 30th anniversary. That has a bunch of interview oral history stuff from a lot of the producers and the set designers and the presenters, Mark Summers and Harvey. Okay. So that's worth looking up if you're interested in getting more of this. But they, they said it's, it's ridiculous what we did because you can't even open a door for $10,000 in a modern production. You couldn't do something like this anymore. I'm just impressed that they were ever able to do this. Going through the series, we can see by the end, they're clearly not spending $10,000 yeah. anymore. But Oh, yeah, they had plenty of budget later on because it was a, this show was a huge hit. Uh, Wikipedia says uh, 482 episodes of the original format, which includes Super Sloppy Double Dare, Family Double Dare, and the original Double Dare, uh, which is a lot. That's a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes. When we first started looking at all this, I was kind of disappointed because it only ran for just a few years. Yeah, but there's um, a lot in there. It's just so much crammed into it, yeah. Because they shot... Uh, so it started development as a kid's Truth or Dare show was their their theme. They said, it's called Double Dare, it's a Truth or Dare show. And the theme of it is messy. Uh, and as they developed, they came up with the obstacle course as to be the exciting finish. And then that's what they used. They made a little model of an obstacle course and took it around to advertisers to get the advertising buy-in because their initial test footage was terrible, that it would not sell anything. And uh, they filmed it at WHYY in Philadelphia. They had some good advertisers. like the. Oh, yeah, they had Acclaim, Acacia, Acacia. We'll go through all the prize. Reebok? Uh, I mean, Reebok was huge for that. All the prize Apparently, promotional like... consideration. Everybody, every contestant and everything, everybody always had Reeboks on. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's the one thing you, you don't take off. Although the, the girl in the first episode we watched lost her shoes. So. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that, but yeah. I, I do believe that. So they, they batch filmed this, and it was an incredibly intense production. They, the first and second batches that they did, they did 65 episodes. And I think they did it in like a week or two weeks. They were shooting like several episodes, 10 episodes at least a day. And they would lay out the obstacle course one way each day. They would use the same layout, but they might start at a different point in it. And so the layout, you'll actually see on some episodes, I noticed that you'll see like unused obstacles in the background. And so they're able to just move the signs around to change the order, change them from like eight to seven, do it backwards, do it forwards, 
do it from the middle and then come back around. And then they would just plan not to ever broadcast them next to each other. So you would uh, never okay. notice that it was the same. Although on Paramount Plus, I noticed the episode two and three are the exact same obstacle course layout. They just have different. They fill the tank with different stuff. They do a couple things that they were able to quickly switch things out to make it look a little different. They use a different colored slime in the little pool. But they're, so they're doing a lot of really smart reuse where they're able to just get people through that thing as fast as possible. And they would do a dry run of the course every day without any mess on it. And then they would change the levels of slop to uh, create the correct difficulty. Hmm. So you'd see something like, so like we watched the, the kid eat it on the slide. And that's because the rest of the course they were able to do so fast that they made the slide hard expecting him to fail or take really long time getting through there and not get the final prize. Uh, that poor kid on that slide. I mean, yeah. that was the prize they wanted to. We'll talk about that, but they, they would walk the kids through the obstacle course though, and brief them on it. And you, uh, I noticed some of that in Mark's uh, Mark Summers trying to like on the physical challenge, making sure that they understood how the mechanism worked because she did, she does it a little wrong and he's like, but make sure you let it go faster. And then she does it right. And he says, good. Okay. Now we can start. And so they're, they're making sure that it's not going to be a bummer. Yeah, they got to make up for that one time where they forgot to put the flag in. Yeah, there's a story about the first pilot episode where they had to rerun the obstacle course three times because the first one, was, the first obstacle was the pillow full of feathers. Yep. And the first time she doesn't, she just reaches in and looks around and doesn't find it. They asked the audience, they're like, can we redo it? And they said, oh, yeah, give them another chance. And then they forgot the flag again. And they, well, they put the flag on top of the thing. And then, uh, and then that's when she decided to dump it out. And so she dumped out all the feathers onto the flag and then didn't find it again. And then there was one time where they forgot to put it in. So it was like they had to run the first obstacle course like four or five times. So it didn't make it. I don't even know if that one's on Paramount+. Plus. We were not able to find it. I don't think that one was, no. According to Lost Media Wiki, some of these episodes are outstanding. There's a, probably like 80 to 100 that are not present. No one knows where they are. Potentially lost. But the pilot is supposed to be available we just couldn't we didn't find it in our admittedly short searching yeah because there was just so much to we wanted to get one episode for each but we'll talk about that down the when we start talking about the episode and nickelodeon uh filmed all of its game shows at whyy in before they moved to universal studios orlando and started doing everything there in 1989 because i remember universal uh nickelodeon studios being uh an exciting thing i wanted to go to when i was a kid i don't know if you felt the same way absolutely because they buried the the time capsule there. There's the slime fountain. When I went to Nickelodeon Studios in like 1994, they invited us to a test screening uh, or a taping of a new show, and we didn't go. They said this new show that we're trying out. It's called All That, and uh, oh, I didn't, didn't go. And I'm go. so bummed. Yeah, <laughs> I never got to go to Nick Studios. So Nickelodeon filmed at WHYY because they needed production studios for game shows. They were hoping to make several of them. And they couldn't afford New York or L.A. I mean, as you can see, they're, we're talking about $10,000 a day. So uh, you're not going to be working in a, a normal filming location. So they worked with WHYY, which is the PBS affiliate in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I had trouble figuring out exactly what the order of things were. But uh, the one thing that explained the relationship that makes sense to me is that WHYY had built new studios or was building new studios. And as part of that, Nickelodeon got in early to be kind of an early adopter and, adv- and advertiser for them to present their studio space to other people that they could then sell to other people and get better paying customers in. I'm sure they eventually probably paid them 
more once these shows became substantial successes for Nickelodeon and the budget went up. I'm sure WHYY did okay. Yeah. I mean, dependent upon that contract, but yeah, I'm sure they probably did fine. They filmed at least five game shows there. It's all the early Nickelodeon game shows, which are... Wild and Crazy Kids was all over the place. But it's their first five standard game shows. So you got Double Dare, Finders Keepers, which was just a different Double Dare. I don't know if you remember that one. They go through a big house and they look for things. I do. It's less messy, but it's cluttered still. Think Fast, which is kind of like a sports-themed game show. Uh, Make the Grade, which is kind of a kid's jeopardy. Uh, and Get the Picture, which was Mike O'Malley. And that's where they're, they're answering questions to, like, reveal panels. Can you see the hidden picture? Well, get ready to shift your mind into overdrive. That's kind of an older style. I, I don't know if it's like Password. There's some older, old 70s game show where they're doing the same kind of thing. Mm. You're revealing the thing underneath and then trying to guess what it is through a variety of things. Get the Picture was fun. I think that, that was a very standard game show, but I enjoyed watching it. And then uh, Double Dare was the first show to film at Nickelodeon Studios in 1989. The original Double Dare was two big blocks of 65 episodes uh, that they batch filmed. Then they made Super Sloppy Double Dare, which started out as like weekend bonus episodes. And then they spun that into the main series and made more batches of Double Dare called Super Sloppy Double Dare. Starting in uh, 88 or 89. And then that's when they moved halfway through that production. That's when they moved to Nickelodeon Studios and became the first thing to produce there. And then after that, it was at Nickelodeon Studios the rest of the time. Which presented a problem at one point because their most frequent grand prize was a trip to Disney World, which uh, when they were filming in Philadelphia was a great prize. And when they were filming in Orlando was a terrible <laughs> prize because it was already where you were. Uh, so they had to make that change. We saw them. We saw that change happen in Family Double Dare. We'll talk about the prizes later. Do you remember Double Dare, Jeff? Uh, I don't, re- you know, as we're watching through everything, I don't remember Double Dare, but I remember Family Double Dare. I loved Family Double Dare. Watch a bunch of old parents do yeah. a bunch of stupid things. I don't know. It was just like it was a dream. My suspicion with that is that that's probably because this would have been like 1992, 93. That was probably the new episodes that were uh, in the best time slots when we were watching Nickelodeon the most. Yeah, which would make sense. Watching some of the older episodes, you're like, oh, this isn't as good. No, <laughs> so, it's definitely so not. So if you're, if you're doing reruns, you're probably going to, and you got 450, you're going to do the latter half. Uh, in the reruns most likely and i always wonder how they like pick the contestants and i wonder if it's just people coming down and they just get lucky and you know yeah you just show up nick studios and you get a chance to be on double there i knew a kid who was on legends of the hidden temple and that's how it was you just uh you applied in any way you just you might say i have a trip planned to orlando i want to be on the show they would let you write in they did it in a, a variety of ways but essentially they just had a bunch of kids and then they would take those kids and at least on uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, they just pair them off randomly. Oh, okay. They weren't people you knew, usually. Family Double Dare was obviously a family. Unless, maybe they're not. Maybe it's four random people. No, we saw, <laughs> we, we saw, we saw a bickering that showed they had to have been married. Oh, 100%. But the, you would usually just get kind of paired up with a random kid. And especially when they were batch filming the early ones, a lot of these were, these were like, they just pull in a ton of local Philly kids. Uh, pair them up randomly. Uh, they'd be in the audience when they weren't filming their competition. That's my understanding of how that all worked. I remember this show. I watched a ton of it. It's a, I, I, we went to Double Dare Live when I was a kid. Speaking of Paw Patrol Live. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we went to Double Dare Live, and uh, it was weird. I, was, I don't know who the jokes were for. It was one of those things. But I 
still don't get half of Mark Summers' jokes because he's making pop culture references I don't understand uh, because they're from 1986. <laughs> and they're, like, very specific. They're not big, big references in the first place. He's making, like, very specific references to daytime TV from the time. They are weird references. Like the episode we watch where he says... I'm a homosexual guardian angel. The homosexual guardian <laughs> yeah. angel because he's got the beret on. Yeah. And he's know. like, there's a joke there, but I don't know where I was going with it. <laughs> yeah. And all I remember, you're like, you can say homosexual on Double Dare? Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> One of the things that the producer said in the... There was very hands-off creatively from Nickelodeon. They just let you do kind of whatever. As long as you came in on budget... They would really not care what you were doing at all. I mean, it's selling advertising dollars, right? Yeah. Kids are loving it. Why not? Did we have any sort of what else could you be watching? Uh, no, I didn't look that up. But I mean, this this was on in so many different time slots that it would be hard to do. A what could you be watching specific? By the time we're talking about watching Family Double Dare, there are so many games, shows in repeats on Nickelodeon that Nickelodeon was a game show channel for a lot of it. It was showing one of three things. It was showing original programming, it was showing Looney Tunes, or it was showing uh, game show reruns. Like, of yeah, its game it was... shows. That was, that was kind of like what, it, what made up the, show, the sh channel in the early 90s. I do remember that you could always count on, like, things to show up at the same time, though. I mean, Double Dare might have been on the, the show, the... Oh my god, the network that day five times, but you knew it would be on at a certain time. Yeah, it was reliable, but I did not find anything. I didn't look, but also I didn't find it. Tell me about the rules. This is one of our <laughs> new format pieces for game shows. We're 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 hashing it all out. Yeah, we're so, figuring it out. Uh each team for double dare, super sloppy double dare, even, you know, whatever. They would have Two teams made up of two kids, or with Family Double Dare, it would be two teams made up of uh, four, two kids and their parents. Um, and they would be, you know, a blue team, a red team. And each round begins with a toss-up. It's just a, a, a physical, a messy physical challenge that they compete in to see who gets to basically answer the questions first. Yeah, so the first one, we'll just, as an example, is picking up five eggs with those little claw, little red pincher claws. Oh, yeah, that's the first episode. Yeah. And they're trying to drop them in the bucket first. And that's it. Then you get to answer your questions. Once you, you basically have control of the board, so Mark's going to ask you a bunch of questions. And each correct answer earns you a monetary award. Uh, I think it was like 10 bucks to start. 10 or 20, yeah. And yeah, then... and it goes up from there where they it's 25 and uh, I think 50. And I think 50 in some of the syndicated Fox ones. It doubles for the second round. Right. It started out as $10 in the original... You so the it would be ten dare for twenty double dare for forty, and then it would double in the second round. And then on the family double dare one we watched, it was twenty five, fifty, and a hundred, and then double, right for the second round. Inflation, am I right? You have ten seconds to answer the question. Uh, you can dare, which then the other team would answer to double, as you said, or and then double dare, and then you would either get the monetary prize or have to do the physical challenge to win it and um, once you're dared they get the money if you get it wrong correct once the dare happens yeah. if you're wrong the other team gets the money yeah if you're just wrong the first time then they just get control yeah double and then quadruple for the double dare um and it's then... not a bad format i thought it was worse when uh it was basically just know the question or or dare them there's more th you think about what you're doing and why you know you say i don't think they know so i'll right 
and the the host i mean they pretty much go through the exact same spiel at the beginning well mark does at the beginning of every episode and he says i'm going to ask you a question and if you don't know the answer or think the other team hasn't got a clue you can dare them to answer it for double the dollars but be careful because they can always double dare you back for four times the amount and then you either have to answer that question or take the physical challenge and then we can talk about the physical challenges the very messy ridiculous physical challenges where apparently our favorite thing to use was actual food and I just, my stomach gets queasy when we think about this. Yeah, this food is full of actual food. And they, they are insistent on it. In one of the interviews I read, I don't know why they didn't say like, oh, we could replace this with, I don't know, something that's not milk-based. But they they have the Sunday slide and they say, okay, we need three big ice creams at the bottom of the Sunday slide. And so they would they bought a big industrial mixer and just filled it with cream and whipped it up and like kept it going. They'd have to do that every day because it would melt. And then they would just squeegee it all into the gutters. Yeah, and, and, uh, I mean, and they're doing these in bulk filming. So it's yeah. just, they talk about it in multiple quotes of just like how awful it smells. It's been under the lights for so long. The The oral history article is, is titled, and it comes from a quote, that after a day of hot lights, it smelled like death. Ugh. They built troughs in front of the set, and in between every break, they take giant squeegees and pull all the crap into the troughs and put the grates back over the top of them. And after the day in the lights, it smelled like death. Yeah, that first episode, the one of the challenges where they just come out, this is low budget at this point, is they have to reach into um, <laughs> a plastic container, like a can row of cereal that For Mark loops. then pours an additional gallon of milk into, and they're sticking their arms down there. I'm just trying to find prizes inside. They're looking for a particular And all one. they do is give them a towel to wipe themselves yeah. down. The same team then has to throw eggs at each other, essentially. Yeah, I felt bad about when we watched the super sloppy double dare, and that girl got doused with the fish. But we'll let's go. Let's... Oh, the f- yeah. But yeah, it's it it's uh when you watch them just have to towel themselves off. I didn't notice how gross that was when I was a kid. And some of these kids, you can tell, had not thought about how gross it would be to be in this. You could see it on their face that they they're, were like, "This they're is they're disgusted idea. sometimes, or like scared, or less than happy about what they've gotten into." Well, we're talking about the physical challenges, though. Let's talk about some of these obstacles. Sure. Just like a few miscellaneous ones, like the one-ton human hamster wheel. Yeah, the hamster wheel. Do you fun. remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, it lot. was a, a like an oversized hamster wheel that uh, you would have to like climb through or whatever it is, and it would slowly speed up, and there would be like yeah, you got to spin it, and then you got to spin it enough. And apparently, it was not automated. There was someone behind there that was like dinging the lights up because that fill a oh meter, and then the and then the hand drops. They didn't automate anything because of price and also because they didn't want anyone to be able to argue that it hadn't worked, so they should have won. They would have a guy in there running it. We talked about the anthill. We like the anthill in the obstacle course. Yeah, and I remember the there's a slide. There's both a slide they have to climb up that's a straight slide that's all gooey, and then there's the Sunday slide where it's the a... Sunday slide, yeah. The, at that, the way that thing looks with the purple and pink uh, design on it is a very... it The way it looks is very... You're like, oh, yeah, it's double dare. There's the gumdrop. You remember the gumdrop machine with the giant nickel or whatever it was? Yeah, huge uh, gumball. You had to like climb into the machine uh-huh. to get on top of the gumballs and, and like, get the flag. All yeah, all that gack that gets used. Yeah, there's a lot of goo. Uh, Who came up with that name, gack? Why are we calling it that? Let's find out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's a uh, Hindi surname. Nickelodeon Toys. The name Gak 
had previously been used by Mark Summers and the Double Dare. So they were referring to slime. Uh, name originated as a street term for heroin. Oh, jeez. Uh, well, that's a, a source, fun fact. This was a source of amusement behind the scenes of Double Dare, where Nickelodeon used the term for the toy gack, unaware of its origin in drug culture. Fun. That's good. Man, yeah, they really didn't pay attention to what they were doing. That's cool. Well, you want to tell me about uh, the people who made this? And yeah, let, let, let's do that. We have Mark Summers as our original host. Yes, he's great. Uh, he was originally born as Mark Berkowitz. Want to throw that out there because that's fun. Oh yeah, he's a. I mean, he's a great host. You know him when you see him. Uh, he also did Unwrapped for the Food Network. If anybody remembers that one, um, and he actually continued to do some producing on the Food Network for Dinner Impossible, Restaurant Impossible. We only have a few people, so kind of adding some additional things in here. But uh, Summers made a memorable appearance on the tonight show with jay leno this is straight from the wikipedia article i did not find the video but um he's on the show with burt reynolds and apparently they just keep taking jabs at each other like constantly that's back and forth back and forth and he mark says in a uh like a follow-up he waited his entire life to get on the tonight show he wasn't gonna let this guy fuck fuck it up for me mark Welcome to late night television. <laughs> and I have this nice little quiet, you know, Nickelodeon Not... lifetime. We do a little show. We, we do some sewing. We, you know, we yes, do some little, yes, you know. Yes, like... yes, I... <laughs> Bert Reynolds just threw water on me. Did you notice that, folks? <laughs> and you'll treasure it, lady. Don't touch me. So... <laughs> All right, cool. I found it. We're going to watch this later. Mark, Mark Summers posted it on his own YouTube channel. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, he also um, hosted the stage version of The Price is Right, which I thought was really cool. Mark Summers? Yeah. Like a live? Because it's funny, because then you go down to the guy who did the music, and there's like a Price is Right running theme there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have John Harvey as the announcer, who was a Philadelphia radio personality. Um, he worked for WIOQ Philadelphia for 12 years, hosting Harvey in the Morning. Harvey in the Morning with a Wednesday show from Q102. WIOQ Doobies, Long Train Runner, will bring an update on traffic conditions, live weather forecast, and the Franklin Institute news break all coming up. He was also the announcer for Finders Keepers and History IQ, uh, where he was working with uh, Mark Summers again. Cool. Uh, Harvey was then replaced just in the back later season of the. Family Double Dare by Doc Holliday. And Doc was a Orlando radio personality. Um, he was on Doc and Johnny Morning Show on WXXLFM in Orlando, Florida. Uh, we talked the later series for 2000. Jason Harris is our host. Um, I think you had a very memorable statement of Jason. Chubby Corey Matthews? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, he's all right. I watched the one episode of the 2001, and it just doesn't feel like the same show. No, it's it's sterile. Very much so. It, it, they, they don't, I mean, I guess being able to use the real food and have the kids be uncomfortable and whatnot was a real seller because they don't really do that the same in the 2000 yeah. or the 2018 one. I think um, the, the pro- like production and the, and so Mark Summers, John Harvey, and then like the rest of the production staff, uh, seemed to be having a really good time with it. Oh yeah, like it was. It seemed like a very wild and close knit uh, thing because we watched. We ended up finding a family double dare episode where they've got all the production staff on the teams, 
and they're just having a good time for themselves and being very strange. And uh, it seems like they really enjoy it. So, yeah, it was... I mean, at some point, if you once you take that camaraderie away from making uh, a, a budget, a wild budget thing into an incredible success, uh, you probably lose a lot of the spark behind it. Uh, Harris was a voice actor on Codename Kids Next Door, and he appeared in a commercial for Olive Garden. Cool. And then the announcer for the 2000 version was Tiffany Phillips, and Tiffany Phillips is the announcer of Double Dare 2000. Great. That was her credit that I could find. And then I've got a producer notes created by Jeff Darby and Michael Klinghoffer. Jeffrey Darby did uh, get the picture and make the grade. And they also both produced Think Fast and Finders Keepers. So these are the early Nickelodeon game shows produced at WHYY. And Jeffrey Darby also co-created You Can't Do That on Television, which is something we probably want to talk about. I think we've talked about it before. That's where Nickelodeon Slime originates. It's a Canadian variety show. Music by Ed Kelhoff. Uh, and he's kind of a cool guy. I, I kind of got lost last night listening to a bunch of this stuff, and I'm, I'm definitely not going to go into any of it in detail. I found a podcast that talks about him and stuff like that. But this guy also composed the Price is Right theme and is not credited with it. So if you watch Price is Right, his name is in the credits. But um, for royalty purposes, he was never put on there and he doesn't get any of that what a bummer awards yeah we do have award which is kind of neat for this tell me about it oh sure uh daniel calderwood was nominated for a daytime emmy award for outstanding director in a child well in a children's series in 1989 for the show uh daniel calderwood is an interesting guy let's see here did a ton of directing busy guy but he directed a good portion of the original run of where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Well, another and big WHYY. Four hundred thirty episodes of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Oh wow! The first, the, he's the first big chunk of those, and a bunch of stuff afterwards. Uh, Rachel Ray, Nate Berkus show, Al Franken show. Well, thanks, Danny. You did some cool stuff. I'm glad we get an award because I mean, show's great. I can't even. That's such a huge portion of the childhood, right? You think back through all that, and then you just can see this format and so many other game shows so jeffrey darby making both this and can't do that on television is a big part of nickelodeon's early slimy aesthetic you can't do that on television isn't that uh it's got the slime but this has like the design elements that nickelodeon would pick up and run with the way the set looks the it's the memphis group it's an italian postmodern design and architecture group that they specifically took to design the set in. Very cool. cool set. Decided to look like a swimming pool or a bathroom. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Too. And there's very little change from um, each episode. Yeah, um, it just gets nicer. Iteration. It does just get they nicer. They get some stairs later on, which lets them... Uh, in the one episode we saw, they, they actually panned out. And you could see people cleaning up on their hands and knees so they could film the trivia part over top of them. And uh, but they had gotten to a point where they needed to do a new physical challenge, so it, so it, it panned out to show them cleaning and then uh, cut to the thing being clean. And it showed, it showed the invisible cut in the show that would happen if they got to a new uh, physical challenge too quick and hadn't yet had a chance to clean up the floor. Yeah, it was cool. How do we pick the episodes? 
Uh, we picked one from each iteration. Yeah, ex- not we're not doing two thousand because it's boring. We're not doing two thousand. No, uh, but we're doing fam- uh, Double Dare, uh, Super Sloppy, and Family Double Dare. Correct. So three episodes. And we did originally pick different episode for Family Double Dare, and we had a hard time finding a good quality, which is how we ended up on the episode that we got to, which is cool. But we'll also talk about a miscellaneous one because we want to make sure we talk about the obstacle course at the end yeah. and the prizes. Because, I mean, that's why we're here for the game show, right? Prizes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll go through Game Show Central at the end. I think. Okay. That's like our, our Game Show Central roundup. So let's just talk about it. Let's talk about Double Dare. Season 1, Episode uh, 1, we watched on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, yeah, so we did Episode 1 off of These... this one we watched on Paramount+. Plus. What does season one, episode one mean for a game show? We don't know. There's, it's really hard to tell uh, which is which without getting into enthusiast territory. But how much of this does Paramount Plus have? It's got a good bit, but not... I don't want to go back because then I'm going to have to watch a commercial. <laughs> On CBS.com. What, how did that oh, happen? There you go. That's the wrong place. Yeah, we got 250 episodes on, on Paramount. There's a ton on here. But uh, I'll just say, man, these kids are awkward especially in this one these kids are uncomfortable i feel like the kids are always awkward though and mark just gets better at pushing through it as time goes on because when we're watching like family and stuff he just doesn't care he just works yeah, right he's just it. he's just doing his thing and he's doing it in this too but it's uh it takes him a little longer it does take him a little longer it feels a little awkward and uh, it's true because we watched what the we watched the super sloppy and you can feel the pacing is better yeah. It almost like it's the same amount of time, but you feel like they're accomplishing more in the episode because of the way that they formatted it and how much better they are at producing the show. But the first episode, I mean, they the one team runs away with it. Yeah, one team runs away with it, and then the first the entire first round they do the opening physical challenge of putting eggs in a bucket, and then <laughs> it's just trivia time. And this is where uh my one complaint about Double Dare is that the uh the trivia show portion is really boring. It's really boring. It's, and it's I, like they're asking questions that are either way too easy or way too hard. Because they only do, what, two physical challenges, one each, or three, two for the red team and one for the blue team, and that's it. They do a couple, yeah. Well, it's because they're both red teams. There's no blue team until... Oh, that's right. Until can, Super Sloppy. Because we watched all the other ones today, and I forgot about that. Yes, everybody wears red in the first one. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all wearing red in the first, like, two batches that they did because even like the people who come out to help them are wearing red yeah it's like they've got a big pile of double dare t-shirts that they've uh, had made in bulk and they're just working through those uh but i wrote you know mark summers is funny there's a question about schlem's canal which is a tear duct and he thinks that's he just thinks that's very funny schlem's canal schlem's canal is a waterway in yugoslavia your tear duct or a TV show that only lasted three weeks. Waterway in Yugoslavia. A waterway in Yugoslavia is incorrect. Uh, Schlem's Canal is a tear duct, is what Schlem's Canal is. I just like saying that. Schlem's Canal, okay. Uh, but he's not really kind of on the thing and just asking questions. He's not really doing the, the later weird schmoozing and kind of bit doing. So he got better at that as things went on. He did. He got much better. I wrote down we got... Four physical challenges. There's egg pickup to start the game. There's a hula hoop basketball. One of them is doing a hula hoop, and they're throwing like gak balloons that's through right. yep. the hula hoop. That's that's to start the second round. And then there's two other physical challenges in there. There's the Fruit Loop search you talked about, where they just reach into a big bucket of gross cereal uh, to find a couple things in that, and then they get the egg helmet catch with the egg, the bowl on the head, and then they're throwing, trying to throw an egg in it. 
Yep. And that's where the kid gets covered in egg, and you're like, they just give him a towel. They literally just give him a towel. <laughs> you can't wipe off egg with a towel. Oh, He's going to feel the, the protein film all over for the rest of that show. I mean, hopefully in a commercial they actually do give him a wet towel or something, a, a moist towelette. Until they cut to an actual commercial and go to the obstacle course, they're still all gross. That's just how the show goes. Yeah, and the I like the the runner up prize for this one for yeah. this episode. They got a. Do you want to tell me about it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pulling out because I remember one of them is the sugar daddies and the sugar babies. Oh boy, old people candy and shampoo. <laughs> it's slime shampoo. It's Nickelodeon themed shampoo. It, that's the runner up prize. So they they got like fifty dollars. Yeah, right? they split they split their score, which was only fifty. So they get twenty five bucks, a buck, a bottle of shampoo, and some sugar babies. <laughs> Man, that is like one disappointed set of kids. Yeah, and then we go to the obstacle course, which is the best part of the show. Uh, yeah, it's the best part of the show to go back to as well because going through the prizes is a lot of fun. Yeah, we we get to spend like two minutes going through the prize and what the thing is, and then we only have to watch them struggle for sixty seconds. Yeah. and I and I wrote down a couple of these. There's a Garfield phone, which is great. There's a typewriter. There's a Nash skateboard, which I didn't remember, but I looked up Nash skateboards, and that's like that's like they were an influential making weird shaped skateboards uh, okay. that looked like if you had knew a kid who was trying to skateboard in the '90s, they were probably using one of these things. And then the grand prize is a Disney vacation, like we talked yes. about. And this is funny too because this, I mean, this obstacle course looks like high school drama set. It's home built. Yeah, it looks like yeah. It's so this is one of the original batch and they essentially they had enough money to make like a couple good obstacles and then they had the cheap ones that they would kind of fill it in with because they said like yeah you buy a slide it's four hundred dollars and we just cover it with goop and they climb up the slide you know that's easy but then you get the the big spiral uh the spiral slide you get the big head that they got to walk through made of foam that costs a lot of money so you climb through the tubes. There's like a tank. There's a bunch of things that they're able to just buy and then fill up with stuff. It's a little kiddie pool that they got full of green slime. Uh, so they, they've got their set pieces and then they fill that in with the cheaper ones. Right. And I mean, they, they do pretty good. They they win a couple prizes. I like that they had the TV and the, the cool VCR, like that classic. Yeah, they had the 80s VCR. That's like, like wood panel TV with the, the dial, the click dial. Yes, the RCA. And then I noticed, and then so they go through, I don't remember where they mess up here. Uh, uh, they mess up in like the blanket or something like that. They just ran out of time. Yeah. No, they get to the very end. She's, she's like two seconds out of it, which sucks. Yeah. Cause they almost won every prize. The girl Becky on the, on the team that's winning is the, definitely the MVP. Yeah. She carries that boy. Since she knows all the questions, she uh, performs the tasks. Well, I do want to say in this version on Paramount, Plus, it's a re-syndicated version. Yeah, I was noticing that too. Because at the end, they have additional commercials for Skechers and AOL. And so I think this is this is where it's weird. This is where this whole thing gets real weird. Is that when we're watching it on Paramount Plus, it's got the Nick Games and Sports. Maybe not on this one, but some of them, it's the recording that they have has the Nick Games and Sports. The eventual, like, later satellite TV, probably like mid-2000s, early 2000s where they would just play the game shows because they had enough content that now they could fill three or four channels. They had Nick Games and Sports, and they had like a Nick Tunes channel. The thing that's on streaming is the Nick Gas version of that. It's like they don't have the original. They just they have the thing that they gave to that 
weird satellite channel. And so that's what has the the clipped in things because it's obviously not a new Paramount Plus uh, right. clip in that you're talking about because it's advertising AOL. AOL. <laughs> and that Skechers commercial is definitely from, it's got to be 2000s. It's, and it's also worth noting that AOL is a, such a good uh, thing for that to be because you know that absolutely in 1987 they were not advertising AOL. Correct. Because <laughs> no one had the internet yet. So it's because like, they're not giving the kids a computer. They're giving them a TV and a VCR. How are you going to get on AOL with those things? With the Garfield phone. I want the Garfield phone. The way the obstacle course is you get one prize per obstacle you finish. Yes. Let's move on to the next one. So Super Sloppy Double Dare, right? Yeah. No, we did... We had Super Sloppy Double Dare is next, yeah. We did, yeah, okay. From 1989. And I thought this one was cool because that, that, this is the themed one. Um, yeah, they started doing... It was, I think it was very lightly themed where they, like, they would have two team names at the beginning and they would, so it'd be like the Hatfields and the McCoys or something. They'd give them some stupid names so that they could just call them those teams or they'd call them sports team names. Yeah, and this, in this episode specifically, it's the Bodacious Beach Bums and the Short Slimers. This wasn't the one, this is the one with, it was, it started out vaguely horror themed. Yeah, the Frankenstein that they had to put together. That's pretty great. Yeah, and that kid on the blue team ate it hard. Yeah, they're trying to put together a dummy of Frankenstein, and this blue this kid in the blue eats it hard like three or four times. He is. They like they put slime or like some sort of something on the Frankenstein, and it's like dripping, and they're like tripping while they're trying to put it together, and it is not a safe the thing because they're like metal hooks that they're connected. Yeah, together. and you just see him, uh, you you see him recover three or four times before he finally at the very end it's already over, and they're starting to walk back to the thing, and he just ass over tea kettle. Yeah. <laughs> not not right on his head, but close to it. This was a good um, episode, though, because there were a lot of physical challenges. Yeah, well, and I think they they got the questions better at this point. They kind of figured out people don't want to watch you answer questions. They did ask that very first question, though. Where does pork come from? Yeah, where does pork come from? And then the kid says pig, and he looks very proud of himself when he... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the kid in the blue team. I have, he's very proud of himself. The bodacious beach bums. We get four additional... Uh, physical challenges before the final uh, obstacle course. We get the head tube toss challenge where they have what they call jello to throw, but it, I, God, it's like ballistic jelly. Yeah, we get, uh, so the the first physical challenge is filling the taco. Oh, it is filling the taco. I have it circled, but I didn't put a star next to it. Yeah, that's right. Because they wheel in this big rack where the taco shell that she's going to wear is hanging on. And we're like, wow, a custom prop. Uh, incredible considering the, the other one was just buckets and uh, eggs. It was such a stupid challenge though because it's all he a, had to do was dump a tiny bit of stuff and he kept... Yeah, but he still messed it up. He got he got the first two in and then he did such a bad job of it he spilled it all over the floor and then he yep. dumps all the lettuce on the floor and they're like, you didn't get any in there and then he's trying vainly as he slips on the floor and he's trying to throw the lettuce in there and uh, it's it's great. It's a running theme for that kid. He He falls a lot you can find this if you want to watch this you can find it on daily motion oh yeah that's where we found this episode called it's the bodicious beach bones versus the short slimers that's it one of the things that's fun about this is that harvey the announcer is on camera oh yeah he's pl- he's actually bantering it's he's good. talking and bantering with mark and then mark gets up there and he's like uh my mm-hmm. monitor the monitor i read things on is broken and then the director says uh we'll fix that for you mark it's me the director we'll fix that this is where you can start to tell that everyone involved with the show is having a good time with it. And then because the second physical challenge, Harvey brings over the the hat. It's like a trash can lid hat. The clear tube thing, yeah. And then they make Mark demonstrate it by throwing eggs into it. He has to put it on his head, and they're going to throw eggs into it. And they don't even get the eggs in. 
Uh, they miss it. They get him on his shoulder, and then they just come over and drop one in onto his head. Yeah. So uh, for that scene, he has egg in his hair. He's got egg in his hair and egg on his suit. And then it's <laughs> and it's there until uh, the the round ends, and then he comes back, but he's still got a big dark stain on his shoulder. But his hair is immaculate. But his hair is back again. to being good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mark Summers, we haven't mentioned. He has is it obsessive compulsive tendencies? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, and so he hates getting dirty, which is he's such a good sport about it considering what psychic pain it must cause him uh, for them to keep doing this stuff to him. Yeah, he came out, I think it was uh, on uh, Oprah or something. Uh, yeah. He has obsessive compulsive. Then we get a couple more physical challenges. Uh, the dirty pig toss, which I'm impressed by because that one lasted less than the normal amount of time because I started writing a note, and when yeah. I looked up, uh, I was over. The red team was on it with that one. Speaking of the red team, there's the fish dump. I like the red team with this one because the, the girl looks... Uh, strangely old in a way that I don't understand. It's like she looks much older than the nice Indian kid that she's with. I think a lot of it has to do with the hairstyles. Yes, it's that definitely we're so the hairstyle. To, that's like our parents' hairstyles. Yeah. It's where you, yeah. where, you, where you got like a style, a hairstyle. You picked it for the first time at 15 and then you're like, I'm never changing this again. That's, <laughs> how, that's how you end up with like 50s hair in the 80s. Yeah. And then so they get the, the next one, my favorite one and your favorite one too is the, the fish Oh my god, they're real dead fish. They got a big bowl of real dead fish, and then they bring the kids over, and Mark's, Mark's showing them, he's like, gotta take the fish, and oh, it, and he makes a good joke about how it's SeaWorld. Yeah, SeaWorld and joke and about dead fish thing. in the thing. Yeah, because it's like a dump. It, you know, you throw the baseball, it's a, it's and a dunk you tank. fall into the water. Yeah, it's, it's a dunk, dunk tank, tank, except the, the, poor, the poor girl is going to be dunked uh, with dead fish and fish water. Yeah. Because we have our own version of SeaWorld. Boy, those guys are... Come on, guys, jump. It's feeding time. Come on. Well, it doesn't work too well. So what we have to do is throw those fish, hit the target, and uh, the SeaWorld fish will come right down, flying on your body. They get up there They get up there to Mark, and he's explaining it to the kids. And the Indian kid's like, I'm going to throw it. <laughs> I'm not going to sit there. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see uh, some, some pain in the girl's eyes as she realizes what's been done to her. Yeah, she was not happy about it. And she gets her revenge a little bit in the dog food, but she gets dumped with fish, literally. Gets, yeah, just fish he, dumped he all over that. her. That was like the only competent thing that kid did. Oh, he was he was pretty good at catching the dog food. Oh, that's right. He was great at catching. But he yeah. was the one who who couldn't throw into the, the tube. Yeah. Yeah. The so next one they do, they're like, you gotta, he's got to get the food thrown at him because you got the fish water on you. And... Uh, she's wet the rest of this uh, yep. second round, too. That like... poor girl. There's a point where they're talking to each other, and she gets close to him, and he, like, backs away, like, yeah. really fast. Like, he probably <laughs> can smell the fish. Yeah. Oh, man. It's great. It's good stuff. And then we get the, the it's over. And the, you know, the. They won. We move on to the obstacle course. Runner-up prizes were a this cool one was better. wireless Nintendo controller. Yeah, from Acclaim. From Acclaim. With turbo and slow motion. And bubble yum. That box to like pull the signal from the controller is enormous. The you controller know, itself is enormous. You know how those old uh, controllers did slow motion? No. It would just turbo the start button. So it it didn't actually work. It was just, it would just pause over and over again. Oh, really? Yeah. To give you like <laughs> frame buffers, essentially. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, I've got a list of all the prizes for this one. I do too. Yeah. Spelling computer. Yep. Uh, I... Don't know the utility of it. It's a uh, it's the spelling ace. I guess you're supposed to type something. It's basically just like a whole device for autocorrect. Yeah, it's from Franklin. Interesting. And then we got what looks like a business phone. The Codaphone. 
call waiting answering service and it just looks like a modern like cisco yeah it looks like what sits on my desk at the office then we got a konica camera looks pretty good yep a bmx bike the fusion 500 yeah harvey says where the future is now and then we got a casio portable tv the tv 500 watchman yeah everything's 500 in this one huh and we get a baldwin keyboard it's a music keyboard that is it is a music keyboard yeah the they're not giving away RGB uh, mechanical <laughs> keyboards yet. Then we get a VCR. The Zenith VCR, yeah. yeah. It's not as cool then, looking as the VCR from the first one. No. It's, you can see like the changing design styles, and it's much less fun. More plastic. And then they win. The voiceover says a trip to Cancun, but the, the visual shows Mexico City. So I don't know yes. where they're going, but they're going to Mexico. <laughs> If they win, which they don't, we get a, yeah. they do a pretty good job, but then the, uh, the Indian kid gets to the, where you got to climb the slide. the slide, the slime yeah. slide, and he steps in the slime. You can hear Mark say it. And it's, this is, they would take the kids through the obstacles and tell them like how to do it essentially. Cause you don't want to just have someone beef it right away and get this unimpressive two obstacle obstacle course. That's no fun to watch. So they would tell him, you know, like walk on the sides, don't step on the stuff in the middle, because if you do, then you'll get it on your shoe and then you'll slip. And so when he's climbing up the thing, he's like, you got the right idea. Oh, but you stepped, you stepped in the stuff. It's on your and shoe that's now. that's it. It's And over. then he just, and he just for 25 seconds is trying to climb up this slide and can't. And, uh, but they still walk away with the equivalent of a thousand dollars in prizes. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, Cash and prizes. 280 bucks or something like yeah. that. And Split then they them. got all the way to the fourth flag, which means they get all the way up to the, uh, the bike. And so you were mentioning that some of these prizes are cheap. Like this is a pretty cheap prize package. Yes. And part of that is the cost, but uh, a lot of it is they were trying to avoid tax bills for these kids' families. Uh, that makes sense. The value of an item, say it's a, a VCR that's $200, but because it's a promotional consideration, it was given to the show for its cost of $100 or something like that. So they'd win $1,000, but because they, they won $140 in cash, which they actually have to pay tax on. But if they won $1,000, they'd have to pay you know, 25% in tax. But because it's an item, that brings the value way down as far as taxable income. And so, like, a lot of these kids they were bringing in were from, like, were from Philly. They were from, like, neighborhoods that weren't great, necessarily. Uh, so they wanted to avoid causing financial harm to the parents by their kids doing well. That makes sense for the fir that yeah. first season, for sure. Even though you can't really tell because it's, well, I mean, I guess in the 80s. But there's not a single black person for God knows how many episodes. Yeah. We didn't... Well, not even in the audience. What's a... Uh... Episode 13 is like the first one that I see. Yeah. From the clip. You get more as it goes, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely a... I noticed it when I went to uh, Universal Studios is that like if you're going to make a kid all messy, you want them to be like a blonde-haired kid so it shows up in their hair. They really want like blonde and red-head kids, if you notice. You do, you do get a ton of blonde, like hair, light-haired kids. Yeah, and it's because it's cause they look messier when you mess them up. Oh, wow. Because they, when I was at the Nickelodeon Studios, they picked the same kid three times, like for the, the getting kids messy stuff, because they were like, they were like, that's the one. We want to get that kid dirty. They have a type. I never even would have thought about that. Yeah. So now we got our family double dare. Let's just talk about, I guess, mostly the production one, right? And we'll just do the prizes for the other one. So we didn't realize what we'd found, but it was a, a version of family double dare where one team was made up of the, the original director, the announcer, I forget who the one lady was, but they're all people that have been involved with the show since the beginning. And then the yep. other team had the producer, the set designer, the seemed like a boring money guy. And uh, the creator, 
that was so the red team had the creator on it right the air force one and then the blue team had harvey on it the announcer and they called themselves milk like substances john harvey and jeffrey darby were the two people doing most of the talking yeah basically and we i mean we didn't watch this whole episode we kind of watched half of it and then we swapped to it had the same problem as the first episode we watched and they they mentioned it they're like no one wants to watch people answer questions or the audience is dying out there he says yeah. at one point, and then, so, does say that. and then so after that, they they like they're you can tell they're intentionally throwing questions because there's a question about like who sat in the Hollywood Square, and uh, the guy who did it was like I don't know Dare Double Dare, and it says oh, well, yeah, you must Harvey. have Alzheimer's because it was you, uh, and they're making the the challenges harder and just trying to like raz on each other and have a good time. And we only watched them do three physical challenges, but they, they changed the challenge. So, like, the first one was, like, the Pat My Pal, and they gave them 60 seconds to do it and made them, like, double yeah. how yeah. many balloons they and had then, to pop. And, and then Mark blocked her at the he's end. blocking her, yeah. <laughs> so she couldn't actually complete it. Uh, and then, what, they did the balloon popping. Yeah, they did balloon popping, and then uh, they did the cake decorating. The where cake, they... that's right. And they get, like... That's why they, they, the other team now just throws another question. And so they have to do a physical challenge, but then it zooms out and you see them still cleaning up the pink icing from the, the thing they had just done. What looks like strawberry milk, essentially. And then Mark Summer says, all right. And then there's a cut. The floor is clean. But it, if you didn't see the floor become clean, you wouldn't have noticed the cut, which was cool to see. It was a really cool cut. Yeah. It was, well, it was cool to see. It's like the peek behind the curtain showing you the magic. So to get the full experience, we found an episode of Family Double Dare. They're all on YouTube and they're all in a abysmal quality bad just uh just dreadful so this is 1992 we just found a random one where we just watched the obstacle course and the obstacles are Way so much better, better. Holy there's the crap. there's the pool with a raft on it there's uh the big bowling pin running through the big head there's a slime geyser where you walk around it uh, the anthill the anthill the soda fountain and then uh the obligatory final uh search through a ham sandwich uh, obstacle. Oh, and the tubes, the sushi one. Well, yeah, the, and there's the tubes. Yeah, because that's where that team fails on is the tubes. So let's go over the prizes because these are fun. Uh, there's a the Casio rap keyboard which has a voice vocoder of some sort in it. And it says "Yo, homeboy." I think when he introduces it, he does say it. It's weird. Which is yeah, a little rough. Uh, Looney Tune watches. Uh, we got a BCA mountain bike. Uh, next one is like a bunch of Regent sports equipment. It's like a soccer goal, like a horseshoe set. Just a bunch of. It's kind of a pile of crap. <laughs> But then we get to the best one. This is my favorite prize. The West Bend automatic chip maker. I just posted a link of it too. Oh, you got a link? You got a link a of a guy it using it. I'm curious. The first few seconds are in actual action and then he kind of like talks about it afterwards. But yeah. So you just you put a potato in it and then it fries them and spits them out. You put the potato in like whole. Yeah. It it does all the stuff for you, which I just God, think is what a wild. huge what a huge machine. It really is. I mean, it takes up all of the counter. They make it look so small in the in the because they show it front on when they're showing you the prize, but it extends back a substantial degree. I mean, it's got a slicer, a deep fryer. <laughs> you start to see in Family Double Dare that the prizes have gotten better, and they're also boring because they're for dad and mom. Yes. So we get a gas grill, uh, and then we get a, a full AV stack, which is cool. It's the whole thing. It's got CD tape, two speakers, the receiver, the whole deal. And then the final prize, their grand prize is a trip to Club Med, 
Yeah, for the kids. Which would which they do say it's like they've got a kids park too, but it's like, oh, this is a vacation for mom and dad. <laughs> and then they go through the obstacle course and it's going it's going reasonably fine, but they get to the last and you could tell dad's sitting there at the end of the the three pipes that she's got to crawl through that are full of goo and she gets she's got like 6 seconds left when she gets to the last one and she just kind of stops. And then you see you see her come out and and dad's like pointing at the flag and saying something. And then and then she comes over and, and, you, and you, get, you can see her going like I you can see her say, I tried I tried to and he's like but you could have got right there and you just see them start start arguing with each other over the flag. You uh, can tell that that had to have been one of the hardest ones though because uh-huh. there's no traction in that at all. And she's like pointing to her legs and her arms to show that she like couldn't move, but it's just and she's it's not even green. It's not a color. They, yeah, they had to have reused this. It's black multiple goop. times. Well, I say it's like black. chocolate goop. You see it. You see it a couple times. It's on the Ugh. bike. It's on the bike trail when they they're oh that's the tricycle. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I thought it would be like that. Like we talked before, like the sushi one, which was green. Yeah, that was like green and white. There was like rice, like foam yeah. inside. This one was, but that makes sense because it's supposed to be like a sludge, like yeah. sewer thing. Yeah, okay. Well, man, it was funny watching those people. <laughs> it was well, I, the, the way they argue on the way out. Yeah. Uh, oh man. And you could tell I mean, they won a couple prizes. What did they win up to? They got they to, went the, up to the gas grill, and that was that's like it. they said that was like two thousand dollars of prizes. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, man, can you? It, it, I wonder if they're still arguing about that. <laughs> he's like, he's like, if if Deborah here hadn't messed up in the pipes through it's going through the old AV system because we didn't win a new one, <laughs> probably still arguing about it to this day yeah, in some like capacity. Or or it's uh the inciting incident for a divorce. Who knows? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, for they're, the time period, it probably pretty funny. was pretty funny. All right, let's do our game show central. We say like yeah, this. I mean, we might want to adapt this a little bit for the future, but let's do it exactly how we have it here. Let's well, so, so game show central. The host is this is a good host. Mark Summers is yeah, great. Mark Summers. He's uh he does a lot of work, especially later on to like fill the time and make it entertaining. He gets better with every episode you watch. You could you could see someone not doing quite the same good job as he did. Uh, the intro music is great. Uh, the announcer sidekick is is great. Harvey's fun. I love Harvey. He's and when so he becomes good. when he shows up in Super Sloppy as a character that's doing stuff, he's like in some of the obstacles when he's talking about him. It's funny because he's a he's a bald, a skinny bald man representing Philadelphia. I love it. I always like when there's the banter back and forth. More like a talk show when you've got yeah. It feels. I mean, it feels more natural that way, right? I was just reading about Rod Roddy, the the come on down guy for most of. For most of Price is Right, and apparently, like he and Bob Barker never talked or something. Like really? they, they almost never interacted. There's wow. there was like a surprising uh, lack of interaction between the two. I think he would like mention that he's lo- losing weight at one point, but they would never talk to each other. Stage design. This is a great one. What a cool design. I mean, it feels so 80s, and then it feels so 90s, and then it feels so late 90s. This stage design is a lot of what led to like the Nickelodeon look, and the Nickelodeon look was very influential. For, I think the early '90s as a whole. I think so. Is that this was one of the sources of that look, and uh, that's all. What's his name? Byron Taylor. So we hadn't talked about Byron Taylor, but he did 
a lot of set work for Nickelodeon from mid-1980s to mid-90s. So he did Legends of the Hidden Temple, uh, all that. Pretty much all the game shows. Uh, He's pretty so, young, too. Yeah, pretty young, and like, but good job. What a, what a lot of good sets. Yeah, for real. Something, it's my pet peeve. Is it just a pop quiz in disguise, or do you actually get to have fun? And, uh, we get to have fun if there's physical challenges. Yes, when if the shows... Not, it's... It's that's why I have that question is because like when it when they're just answering questions you're like wow this is not very entertaining at all though I don't know if the kids felt the same way with some of those yeah those, ki- those kids look look unhappy at times and I love it um it's my favorite part of the show now is drinking in their, their <laughs> the kids reactions their their agony when they thought they were gonna have such a good time I will was... never forget at that point the fish one where that yeah. right afterwards <laughs> they poor... get close to to like talk about the answer and that uh-huh. kid backs away so fast from that girl. <laughs> Does it have a boss level? Yes, this is probably one of the original obstacle course boss level shows where it it all builds up to that thing. Sixty seconds to run eight eight obstacles, and you see it later in Funhouse, Masters of Maze, Legends of the Hidden Temple, uh, Nick Arcade. There's always that final. Like exciting thing that's that's the thing you're the reason you're there is because you want to do that, right? That is it. You want to get to that yeah, part. Yeah, you you don't care about the rest of it. The rest of it seems fun, but you're there because you want to do the obstacle course. Uh, the prizes were great. It's the prizes were fun to go for through. what they were and what they were paying for them. Yeah, they did a good job. I mean, as a kid in the in the in the late to early, you know, I mean late eighties, early nineties. If you're walking away with a hundred bucks, I mean that's still quite a bit of money. The prizes are fun to watch because it time and place thing where just winning a thousand dollars wouldn't be as fun as watching this list of eight dumb prizes like a Garfield phone. For sure. Uh, the contestants are awkward. They're always going to be awkward. They're so. kids and they're they're being corralled around this uh, wonderland that smells like sour milk. Yeah. De- and death. <laughs> Would you now and then want to be on the show? I don't think I would want to be on the show now. No. Then Yes. Yes, hundred percent. I agree with you too. At the time, I did not clock that they were getting rotten fish dropped on them. Grab ca- uh, handfuls of dog food and put them in a catapult. And if I had had to do that, I would have been disgusted. I hate getting gross stuff on my hands. I yeah, did not like finger painting as a kid, so I could not imagine me trying to do some of this stuff. I don't like my hands to get oily when I'm cooking. And yeah, I yeah. If I just get if there's stuff on my hands, I want it off immediately. Fun show though, yeah. Worth worth a revisit for here delightful and there, to it's, at least. Uh, I mean, you could turn it on and have a good time with it. It's a it's you got two hundred fifty episodes on Paramount Plus if you got that. Yep, and, and I'm then, sure you could make a YouTube playlist otherwise. Yeah, but these YouTube rips are super low quality. They are, and they're older uploads too. They're like many years. Yeah, old. Yeah, eight years ago. Oh yeah, this one's just from. Uh, that's funny, the Family Double Dare one that... Is this the one we watched? Is this the daughter's YouTube channel? She hasn't posted anything. But it's it's Mandy Pusatera. And it says, uh, the Pusatera family participates in a 1992 episode of Family Double Dare. That's fun. That's so interesting. That, that <laughs> we find this on this person's personal YouTube channel. Interesting. All right, where is it streaming? Paramount Plus. That's it, or YouTube, or yeah. Vimo, or Daily yeah, Motion. You can find episodes here and there. Uh, new feelings. Uh, no, they're pretty much the same. 
they're about the same. I appreciate the how much better it got over each iteration, yeah. over each episode, over each season. I that I liked a lot. So by the time we got to Family Double Dare, I'm like, okay, yeah, this was the show I know and love yeah. completely. Uh, toys, you know, Gak. That's a different Nickelodeon product, but I know there's the Double Dare home game. Yeah, but we know and love Gak. Yeah, because Double Dare was so great. No, I didn't have Double Dare. I had I had the Funhouse home game. I think it's just the one though. It was yeah. just that one uh game that I can think of. And that's that... old. It's like it's 87, so it's early in the just like Funhouse, it's a it's a series of stupid things to do. Yep. Uh, my fa- I really like this. I just googled it for cuz I was just curious as we're going through and I forgot that I saw this before. Um somebody on Pinterest has it and they call it 60s toys, vintage Double Dare. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, they don't know. They don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. Oh, that's great. All right. Uh, do we have any additional fun facts? I don't think so. I think we. I don't. I mean, life. we have some of those quotes, which I think we should read, but we'll put them at the very end of the episode. Okay. Uh, rating. I'm gonna give this a 13. And I'm gonna do a 13. Wonderful. I like it when you agree with me. And is this nastier than Wolf Bronski? Which doesn't happen very frequently. Nothing nastier than Wolf Bronski. I believe it. Is this nastier than Wolf Bronski? This is the most nastier than Wolf Bronski. Oh my god! So I have never nasty. seen a twelve-year-old a girl have fish dumped on her head and then have to continue <laughs> doing what she's doing with only a minor toweling off. Uh, oh, or the eggs, or the milk, the, and the eggs, dairy, the milk, yeah. and the hot lights. Oh, yeah, and it's a good thing there's no smell vision for this one. But yeah, reading about it and then watching it with that in mind. Yeah, it changes things. Yeah. Grody. Grody and cool. All right, that's all I got. Um, Let's spend five minutes to figure out what we're going to do next so we can tell them. All right. We should do Golden Girls or the follow-up series when B. Arthur left. I'll do Golden Girls. All right, next time we're talking about the Golden Girls. Yeah, that yeah. should be... A lot, but that's pretty great. I yeah. know my wife is a huge Golden Girls, but it won't be a guest episode. Great. <laughs> uh, and then you can, you know, find us on 90schmaltz.cool. Send us a line at 90schmaltz at Gmail if you have some feedback for us. And then don't forget to give us a rating at some point. Great. Great. Fantastic. See you next time. See you next time. All right, I'm good. Yeah, you want to read like one or two of these? Oh, sure. You do one, I'll do one, and that's how we'll close it. All right, Mike Klinghoffer says, we couldn't show a butt, but we could do a mouth. Oh, yeah, the Mark Summer says at the end of season one, we're, we've done 65 episodes or something, and you figure, well, hell, we'll never do this again. We'll get canceled. Well, we got picked up, but they didn't clean that blue shiny floor particularly well. So when they unrolled it, anybody who touched that floor broke out in the most disgusting blisters. It was like everybody had leprosy. That's great. And then there's a story about a tank of banked beans that they left in the, they had out for a week and they had a septic tank pump truck come in and take care of it. And the septic tank guy came back in and said, you guys know what I do for a living? This is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Hell of a show. Oh man. Go out and watch it.